welcome to Cinebabble. Uh, this is a very special episode of Cinebabble because we are going all anime, specifically Star Wars anime. We're here today to talk about Star Wars Vision, uh, and that is the nine-episode series uh, that's currently debuting on Disney+. And uh, I don't have Clint with me this morning. Clint is uh, a world traveler. He is jet-setting, and we're going to be back with some normal episodes uh, later. But for now, I have with me a very special guest host, uh, co-host, and it is Anthony. Anthony, tell the world hello. Hello, world. I'm not at the Knot Beach. <laughs> You're not at the Knot Beach? Because yeah. Clint's right. not at the beach. Well, I think that's where he is. I think Clint went to the beach. Clint may be back by now, but... Uh, it was it was something beachy. I can't remember. It wasn't like fancy beach because they were supposed to. He and his wife were supposed to go to Hawaii, and uh, they had to cancel that because COVID ruins everything. Uh, but I think they were going more local. But I think they were. I think they were going to have a good time. So, do you think what was that show like? Adam ruins everything. Adam ruins everything. Do you think you could take that and just edit in? I could. Like a COVID icon and just yeah, you could because COVID ruins everything. It does. It really does. It really does. Uh, Anthony is joining us today because Anthony is something of a uh, amateur anime connoisseur. Amateur, yeah. Amateur. I, and I know there are, there are people out there that, that probably know more than you, but you certainly know and are more seasoned than I am currently, or especially with what's current and, and what's kind of out there right now. Attack I, on Titan and all of that. Yeah. I mean, if you're the standard, then yeah, you know. Connoisseur compared to you, I, I'm the casual anime fan, and I'm also an older anime fan. So I'm I'm much more versed in in the things of yesteryear, Akira, Ninja Scroll, Trigun, uh, those sorts of things, and and anything modern anime I enjoy, I dabble in, uh, but I'm I'm much more selective and and probably a little more critical than I need to be. But let's talk a little Star Wars, and then we are going to bridge them both. Uh, okay. Because with Star Wars, I'm, I'm assuming uh, you're half my age, and so you have a completely different, probably, history with Star Wars than I do. For me, it was original trilogy. I was the, the stereotypical, disappointed with the prequels guy. And then I am the rare one that just loves all of the new stuff as well. It uh, doesn't bother me at all. It's not what I envisioned or what I thought it would be. But I dig it. Where are you with the, the world of Star Wars? So I'm going to hurt you here. Oh, man. Okay. All right. The oldest memory that I have of Star Wars uh -huh. is watching Revenge of the Sith <laughs> when I was four years old. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that that dates me and makes me feel very ancient. Cause, yeah. Wow. I actually, up until recently, I couldn't enjoy the original trilogy. Really? Yeah, I mm. it could never keep my attention because whenever I was a little kid, the very fast paced, you mm -hmm. know, there's straight blue lights flashing everywhere together <laughs> on the screen that kept yeah. my attention. And, it you know, it's what I expected. And well, the prequels are very effects driven, too. Mm -hmm. And when you go back and watch the original trilogy, you realize how much time is just spent with characters in a swamp or characters on, yeah. you know, a underground snow base that that really at the time it looked amazing but now it's it's very quaint um and even even the starship battles and things like that i love the hoth battle but it's very 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 small scale compared to what comes later oh even God. in jedi uh oh. what what they pull off with that and so uh it's it's just it's always interesting to me and then um i guess you would have been 
kind of at prime teenage age, just as the new movies were coming out. And so you were right in the middle of all the, they're the best thing ever. They're the worst thing ever. They've ruined my childhood. They've all that junk. It was, I had such conflicted feelings about the new trilogy ever came out. I was 14 or 15 Mm -hmm. whenever the force awakens came out. Mm -hmm. I saw that in theaters with my dad and I liked it. I remember that I liked it and enjoyed it. And I still think it's the best of the new trilogy. It's what I like the most of the new trilogy, even though it is, you know, big on the copycat stuff, but really the whole trilogy is, isn't it? Um, Homage. Oh, yeah. Homage is that's the real debate as to whether it's just straight lifting from what was or is it nostalgia? I think it's just uh, too close to be. Maybe. I just, I always, I was fine with just the, oh, they're just tapping into my nostalgia. And, you know, there was there was enough there that was fresh and new for me and it didn't bother me. I didn't have that nostalgia. So I can have the same experience as you. I also like things much darker. And so it didn't bother me at all when Last Jedi really kind of took a turn on Luke and and different things like that. Probably the closest thing I got to being bothered about was just like Palpatine in in Rise (laughs) of Skywalker. Like, really? We got to bring back Palpatine. You can't come up with something better than this. You you reveal but, this major powerful villain that's the exact same villain in the third movie just like he did yeah. 50 yeah. years ago, something yeah. like that. Yeah, well, and they had already set up Snoke as that. And so <laughs> so, so you kill off Snoke, which is I a like, great yeah, moment. I did like fantastic that. Fantastic moment. But this is kind of like, okay, Kylo ascending. Uh, he's, he's now the big bad of the third movie. No, we just bring in essentially what Snoke already was. And then it becomes why kill off Snoke if you're just going to... It could have just been Snoke. Yeah, it could have just been Snoke if you were going to keep that level of character in there and wanted Kylo to come around. Which they probably shouldn't have in the first place. But, you know, you know how that is. You know how it was. I do. I do. I get it. It's They didn't have a With plan the going change. in. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Star Wars Visions is, is something... I keep saying Vision. Visions. Star Wars Visions. Vision. Is, is it Vision or Visions? No, it's Visions, but it's I was visions. trying to figure out why you're thinking Vision. Well, and each each animated episode we'll call a Vision. Oh, my And God. they are Visions. They're not. Now, you pointed out to me that I tend to use the word vignette when yes. discussing things that are episodic or yep. shorts or things like that. And and it made me very self-conscious of the word vignette. So this That's is the shame. last time I'm going to say it. We're no. going to play a little game. No, no, no. Oh, I'm going to play no. a little game. And it's a simple game. If I say the word vignette after explaining the rules, <clears throat> I lose. And if you, if, if I say the word vignette, I lose. If I don't say it, I win. It's that simple. Okay. I win, I don't know, a, a trip to, to KFC or something. I have no idea. Okay. I'll take it at KFC. Yeah. But Star Wars Visions <laughs> is a, a series of nine uh, unrelated episodes other than the fact that they're all connected by Star Wars. They were all tackled by different writers, directors, mm-hmm. animation studios. And it's really, uh, it, it has the potential to feel like just kind of a hodgepodge of, of random uh, things and random ideas. But one of the things I found really interesting going into it is as I'm watching it, I'm realizing while not every episode is connecting with me and not every episode is something that I'm loving, mm. I recognize that each episode is a really well-conceived yeah. and well-created episode for that audience for that audience for that anime audience and because each episode feels like it's catering to a different yeah different different stylistic you know different different anime subgenre different audience different animation styles and uh even when i was watching it with my son he was doing the same thing i really like this one this one reminds me of demon slayer or or whatever he was coming up with and and 
I, I think that's something that a lot of times anthology shorts miss out on. Have you seen Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix? I haven't, but I've heard great things about it. The first season, very good. The second season is much more hit or miss. I've had a friend but tell me about it, it. it. It's the same thing where in the second season, the first season I could feel, okay, these are quality. Some are just clicking for me, some aren't. The second season was very, some of these just aren't up to snuff. And I didn't feel that with Visions, and I was really happy about that. Oh, what was two seasons, yeah. Yeah, what was your we'll just kind of overall impression of Visions coming out of the nine episodes? I think it was a lot of what I wanted. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that I want more of from Star Wars, and in every way, this kind of brought that. You know, in a bunch of different ways, too. You get to see other sides of the universe. I mean, okay, so that's that's what you see, want to see more of is other that, sides of the universe, other characters, other. And there are some things that I just want to see more repeated of, like um, in the Elder. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I told you about this before, but it's just a master and a padawan mm -hmm. encountering encountering a dark side force user on this planet, and it's just them doing their mission, and they get caught. Up. And it's a lot like the Clone Wars that one actually, isn't it? Uh, when I think about it. And that's kind of what I love, except it's yeah. before, I, I assume it's before the Phantom Menace. It feels like it's before the Phantom Menace. It, it's definitely before the Phantom Menace. They say it's a couple of hundred years after the Sith have been eliminated, Okay, which would put it, like my, my take on it was it was, you know, say 500 years after kind of the high uh, Republic era that they've just started right. doing some, some comics about and things like that. And 500 years before kind of the prequels and, and the new Republic or, or the old Republic. Um, it just, it feels like it's nestled in there somewhere, but I like that they weren't exact uh, with, with a lot of the things I like that that wasn't really important. How it connected to the overall narrative was far, far less. The, the star Wars narrative mm -hmm. was far less important than, Hey, we've got just storytelling and we've got star Wars elements. Let's take those and just run with it. And you could really feel that the the directors, the writers, the animation studios were just kind of given. I I would almost bet that the only rules they were given is use as little of what's already been presented as possible. Probably. And I think the closest it gets is is one episode has Jabba and Boba Fett as side characters, but they're really just <laughs> side characters. They're not even. They have no bearing on the story. It could have been a completely different bounty hunter and a completely different gangster. Could have been any crime lord. It could have sure. been um, what was his cousin that <laughs> no. that talks like a valley girl? <laughs> yeah, the one, <laughs> the one that's uh, a play on Truman Capote. Um, Is that? Uh, oh. Yeah, I can't remember his name now. He's like on Coruscant. Yeah, right. Early, early Clone Wars. Um, yeah, when Clone Wars was still trying to figure out what it was trying to be. Oh my gosh, uh, those but, early seasons. Were but really I enjoyed that. Um, not, not zero or whatever is zero. Was. Yes, that's what it was. Uh, but I enjoyed that so much of what they were doing had so little to do with what was already established, and so it really felt like it was constantly taking me kind of outer rim and in different times and out there where there were stories that I didn't know. And so it really gave that feeling of, I don't know who's going to survive. I don't know who's going to die. I don't know who's going to be good or evil or or all of these things. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think just separating it from the main narrative is just the best decision that I made. Yeah. Because you don't have to, at least the, the people writing it, don't feel obligated to tie it into skywalkers and palpatines and death stars and you know all this big stuff it can just be their own little self-contained stories of their own little 
you know, developments and explorations of their own new concepts. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think I think what we should do is just kind of go through episode one through nine. We'll go in order. We'll talk about each one, what worked, what didn't work for us. And then at the end of it, let's just kind of go over, hey, here are our personal favorites and uh, maybe here are the ones that really didn't work. It'll probably be obvious by then as yeah. we talk about yeah. it. But just kind of, you know, a little, little nice little neat summation. Uh, the first episode, I will tell you right off the top, is my my personal favorite. And a lot of that comes down to uh, the style of the animation uh, more than the story. I appreciate the simplicity of the story, but it's called The Duel. Mm -hmm. And it's about what I presume is this, this Ronin character who, for whatever reason, is just kind of out on his own. And he encounters uh, this this group of bandits uh, that are look like former stormtroopers that mm -hmm. are that are sort of being carted around mm -hmm. by this Sith Lord. And it's it's in a village and he just steps up when he realizes there's a Sith Lord and decides he's going to protect this village and he's going to take out the Sith Lord. And it's a very simple kind of Kurosawa inspired uh, samurai tale with lightsabers uh, and droids and, and kind of some of the, the familiar alien species of the Star Wars universe. Anthony, what do you think of Duel? So, yeah, I think it's it's my favorite of the bunch okay. for sure too pretty much everything was done well mm -hmm. and then to tie it all together you have this really unique art style that i just yeah. couldn't oh. get enough of i have no idea where it came from nope i've never seen an anime nope i've never seen in any animation mm -hmm. but it, it just looked like it was physical drawings brought to life it was incredible uh, and it which, and it it kind of harkens back to the old black and white samurai flicks, which not that I'm a, a huge fan of those, but it really tapped into that idea of of you're dealing with something that's this melding of classic and new and and old and and I think the best of Star Wars always does that. It's always that lived in. This is this is a universe that's been around for a long time. Yes, and there's there's almost that Western element to it yes. or that samurai yes. element. And this really hit that, uh, and and I love that melding of technology and and uh, ancient culture. It's, it's so good. And so it's almost a shame because this one I just think was the best yeah. of all of them, and it's the first one. I know. I mean, this is our introduction. Everything down here is downhill, but not by much. No, say. there are other um, really good ones, but I I had the same thought where it's just like, man, to start with this one is bold, mm -hmm. but I you know it gets it, you no, excited it came, for the rest. Yeah, it gets you excited for the rest, but. The rest, there, there are times it comes really close, but it never, it never had that moment that surpassed. Right. Um, and to me, in this episode, that was whenever he, it was, it was two of them. Okay. So whenever he pulled out his red blade for the yeah. first time, and yeah. then whenever he opened his jacket and yep. showed the crystals. Yeah. And and this was the perfect kind of show don't tell because you don't even get his name and these oh characters are asking his name and his background and and what his deal is. He doesn't say any of it, and as the audience, you're piecing it together as right. you go. You fill in the blanks, and I love that. I I love any time that something treats me as an intelligent human being <laughs> that doesn't need to spoon feed me. I can use my brain. Everything. Yeah. What? And well, in going to the new movies and the prequels, that's that's one of the things. Uh, that bothered me on both ends of the Star Wars universe mm. is they did a lot of explaining. There's a lot of uh, just, you know, a character in in the middle of a conversation explaining what the plot <laughs> is. Yeah. Um, and that, I never really notice it immediately, but it really does kind of take you out of it. Yeah. You know, because you, you suddenly they're they're explaining and it doesn't feel like, you know, 
everyone already knows this. Yeah. It's already a world that people are living in. They know what's going on and you're the one that doesn't know what's going on. You're exploring it yourself. It doesn't feel like that. Yeah. Well, and that's even when he draws the red lightsaber, that's the, you know what that means, Mm -hmm. but it's not like characters are sitting around talking about it. Even later when they see that he has a red lightsaber, you hear kind of the gasps in the crowd. Is he a Sith? Because they're scared, not because they're trying to explain to you just that color red in that moment especially the way it slices through that black and white animation is is really probably the best plot twist of the entire it, oh my god the, it the is the entire series and there were a lot and there were there were a lot there were especially later know. on there's there's one episode that we'll talk about that has a, a huge twist that's great that also deals with red already. lights yeah yep but this one just it was it was a punch in because the gut. he's our hero yeah He's, he's our hero. hero. He's supposed to have a blue lightsaber. What's going on here? And so then the whole time they're fighting, the first time I watched it, my brain is constantly trying to figure out what's the actual conflict here. Mm-hmm. Are is this student and teacher? Is this you know a conflict between two cis fighting for the same territory? Is that you know, what is happening here? And it it does reveal to you by the end exactly what the conflict is, but right. it does it in such an interesting way. I just. Everything about this episode just soared for me. Because if if they had told you, whenever he pulls out the red lightsaber, exactly what was going on. I am know? a Sith hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting redemption or atoning by killing Sith. My master was killed once and now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Then you, you wouldn't have kept attention. No. You would have said, oh, okay, that's it. I'm out. And the only thing that would have had me then is the animation. Mm-hmm. And to its credit, because this is incredible animation in this short. Oh, my God. Everything else so is unique. right at that level, too. The characterizations, the character designs, uh, which, you know, that a lot of people take that for granted when they're watching animation. They just look at the final product. But what what was the drawing that right. started with What are this? the layers of this? Yep. Uh, and just everything, even the the villagers, the droid, the, the ex-stormtroopers. Uh, that are bandits just all of the design was just so interesting to look at just like animation style apart right even just the way that because i love the stormtrooper designs too because it's obvious like yeah these are bandits they're not just stormtroopers they are bandits and you can tell that because like the one had like a sawed off Mm -hmm. helmet and it was just like a mask now that he had tied and i just and and Little even that, like that it's really like just add up. are these actual former stormtroopers are these bandits that took out a platoon of stormtroopers right, and just have right. their armor it's it doesn't answer any of that uh and i just i love that so much um i'm not even and sure and then this this really also sets the stage for the choreography of the lightsaber fights oh, yeah. which this series is excellent at and this this okay. has a fight and especially down to the choreography of that log and the waterfall at the end and how he defeats the the, the baddie. Oh, I just, I was taken with this every single second it was on the screen. And then, yeah, because you connect that back like, oh, that's why I won the joint fix mm-hmm. by the teapot. It's like, yep. it's almost like he had a forced premonition and that yep. just adds onto the whole Jedi thing. And now there was one thing. So this kind of persists throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just that I really like that they take just katanas and put like yeah. a red lightsaber with them. Yeah. I think that's cool. But then it kind of like bugs me in 
lore because it's like, why do they have them? Like, what's the point? It's just style. I know. And I they know. already said it wasn't canon, so they're right. just having fun. It's just, it's like this little thing. Like, yeah. it's like the little nitpicky side of me that's like, I get it, but weird. it's already in the Star Wars universe, it's already light extending from a tube and stopping. <laughs> and so <laughs> you have you a know, point once admittedly. once you realize that the fact that oh this one curves and this one works like you know n- uh, nunchucks or whatever yeah it just it ceases to be an issue and, because know, i never complain about the dark saber because yeah. it's like in my mind i figure oh well it's mandalorian so kind of stylish anyways they yeah. probably like you know yeah. let's have a stylish lightsaber so it could just be the same maybe concept, but you know yeah. So this this is your favorite episode as well. Yes, okay. and I want to think for a minute just because I want to make sure I'm not saying that lightly. Well, and that's okay because later we'll kind of sum up after we've had fuller conversation. Right? Maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe wrong with that. Maybe yeah. Keep an open mind. We're Kenny. adapting. We're just we're, we're moving. We're going with the flow here. I don't know about that. Jeez. Uh, the second episode of Star Wars Visions is called uh, Tatooine Rhapsody. Yeah. And this one's by uh, Studio uh, Color Colorido. Sure. I, I mean, I'm reading it. I just, Clint and I always have difficulty with names and pronunciation. And at some point we just gave up. But this one, uh, this one's about this uh, Tatooine punk band <laughs> that's fronted by a hut. I don't even think it's just Tatooine. I don't think, are they on, are they in Tatooine in the beginning um, of the episode? It doesn't seem like no, they are. They're they in a city planet, aren't Tatooine, they? No, they get back to Tatooine. But yeah. this hut that's in the band uh, is, he is a hut? It, yes, he is really? a slug. Yeah. I figured, I mean, um, he looked like a slug. The glasses you know. make it confusing, like the weird really? <laughs> 70s style or 60s style psychedelic glasses. But he is a hut and Jabba has a bounty on him and so Boba Fett comes hunting him down, and this band, who the lead singer is a, a Padawan who, who survived Order sixty six, mm-hmm. and presumably uh, they have to figure out, I guess, what their place in the universe is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what did What did you think of Tatooine Rhapsody? I had a little bit of mixed feelings about it. Mm-hmm. It was a huge deviation from the one that we just watched. A very strange choice, and, and we'll talk come, about this as yeah. we go, but the order of these episodes is very strange. I kind of feel like they kind of just threw it all. I think I would have enjoyed this episode more if it hadn't come immediately after right. the duel. Maybe after something like Lop and, Lop yeah. and Ocho would have been a great uh, sort of uh, bridge between yeah. something like uh, Ninth Jedi yeah. and this, because yeah. it kind of has a little bit of both in it. But yeah. I liked... I really like the animation style on this for one. I did. I enjoyed I it. I like the character designs mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and I l- definitely liked that it decided to just completely and like they, they kind of put that in your face. Like, yeah, yeah we're not doing the, the typical fighting stuff here. Like yeah. he goes to ignite a lightsaber. It doesn't work. And he's like, wait, we're a band. <laughs> we should sing to win. <laughs> it really, it, it has this strange underlying thing where it taps into the uh the old um music uh, uh, comedies and dramas of the 80s and 90s where it's just like we put together a band and we're working towards the finals and we're we're going to show the more popular bands what we're made of it reminds me of spongebob because <laughs> didn't he sing to save the world or something like that i have no idea you're you're so far out of my right i'm too far i'm too yeah far. So my I'm my far. only experience with spongebob is when my <laughs> child was tiny and that's what he wanted to watch on tv and i was like can't we watch something else and then accidentally fell in love with spongebob but just as a 
oh, I get it now. I, I enjoy this. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, I very much like the character designs. Yeah. And then I, it was kind of weird to see a Boba Fett just as a lackey. Yeah. Yeah. But which it, is kind of weird for me. It works with the original trilogy because that's really all he is in <laughs> Empire and Jedi. I know he yeah. has this lore that's built yeah. up around him and he has this celebrity status in, in Star Wars circles. But really, it, it's amazing that that even happened because he has so little screen time and, he's and he constantly loses. Always loses <laughs> in the movies. Constantly. Even in, even in the animations. Yeah. And and what takes and him down? Wars an accidental hit on the most sensitive backpack in the universe <laughs> that drops him down the belly of it's just it's I hope they redeem that aspect of him in uh, the, the Boba Fett series oh, and, right. and the Mandalorian because they have to make mention of it. They have to, or it'll just be like mm, I hope it maybe you know? he's like, you know, I just I, I suffer from migraines and that day I was really my head was crushing and I just wasn't on my game. And but normally I'm the I'm the deadliest I don't thing think out there. Do that. No, that, because it's that. it doesn't seem like it's gonna be a very comedic series. No. No, we have stoic, um, you know, all fight no talk main characters for this. This this episode uh, of Tatooine Rhapsody, it didn't it didn't bother me. I didn't love it. I, right. I kind of enjoyed it. It was it was honestly worth it for just that one shot from behind where Jabba's tail is kind of <laughs> tapping when they're singing. At it the all end. built up to that for you. That really, it's just like <laughs> that got me too. Like, I, all right, uh, but. My problem with it is it felt so just sort of not unnecessary, but just small, too mm. small. And, um, you know, it, it, the other problem, and this is something I have with all of those films where it builds up to we're going to sing a song or we're going to perform or our band is going to go to the battle of the bands and win. Every now and then it works, but you got to have an incredible song to yeah, sell. Absolutely what's happening and it's it's not that the music in this is bad but i didn't find anything particularly uh unique about it or star warsy about it or uh, it was it was just yeah. you know kind of your typical uh 80s uh to 90s punk so yeah i like that it once again i like that it sort of um sort of stretched out past like the typical and it's a little more unique than that yeah but at the same time i think it's very important that all of these episodes blend anime and star wars rather than just take a little bit from them which is kind of what this did um that being said i actually really like the way that it was written Mm -hmm. even though at times it felt a little too like you know cheesy this is an 80s you know singing movie like you said um despite that i still like the way that they set up you know your sort of ad adoration for yeah. this slug guy and so you kind of feel the same thing that yeah. the main cast does yeah. and you know the only thing that this and all of the shorts i think suffer from is they don't have enough time to do some of the things that they wanted to yeah to make it as effective and, but and the second time effective. through i enjoyed a little more just because it's like oh this is just a simple story of what happens when somebody that would have been a jedi survived order 66 mm-hmm. And they were a kid. And how do you, you know, it's, it's probably giving it way too much credit and looking way too much <laughs> into it. But just one of those, it's it's that, just that age old, I thought I was going to be one thing. Mm. And now I'm facing this cross section between adolescence and adulthood. And my life is very different than what I thought it was going to be. Am I going to just kind of roll over and pout about that? Or am I going to grab hold of my my new destiny? 
And so when I watched it from that perspective, it it jumped up a notch for me pretty noticeably because I was just like, um, I don't know how clearly that translates, but it had to be a discussion in the writer's room just because of the choice to make him uh, a kid that that escapes kind of the slaughter. Uh, and then we're watching as he grows up and, and he's got to make this big choice at the end as to who he's going to be and what he's about. He's a rather brave kid, by the way. He really is. He really is. I want to mention that. Yeah. I just, um, for the record, if I'm ever friends with a hut and they get captured by a gangster, I just, I'll find another friend. Cause the drummer, <laughs> like the three torso drummer was way cooler <laughs> than any hut. We don't need the hut if we have him. Just what is that another torso? The design of huts have always bothered me. I like where, like the original Return of the Jedi, I know, the original Return of the Jedi, when you first see Jabba, he, it's an incredible design and that whole kind of, you know, his, his lair and all the aliens, it's great and he's so weird. But at the time, it felt very like he's, he's very rare he is this this rare creature and and huts aren't this people <laughs> that you know have have a bunch of of different versions of them or, mm. or you know they're they're not this uh this common thing right it made him feel a little more uh kingly yes. in a way and and then you know in in later times uh when they're trying to then animate or make the huts move or things like that like nope Nope. I have I have traumatic memories of Zero the Hut running away from clone troopers. Because <laughs> he's not running. Yeah. No, he's, he's doing this slither he's... thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just it's, moving his elbows this to little, move. This little wiggle. Isn't yeah. It's yeah. Uh, uh, whichever. <laughs> the third episode of Star Wars Visions is called The Twins. And this is probably the most divisive episode. At really? least from yeah, looking online. Really? This this seems okay. even more than Akakari or Akakiri. This seems to be more divisive. This is from Studio Trigger, and it is it is definitely a a flashy stylized uh, episode. And it's oh, yeah. about two Sith twins that have been genetically created to essentially be Sith, be Sith, and to be conduits for this double star destroyer super weapon. Mm-hmm. And yeah. their entire childhoods, they've been raised believing that their purpose is to power this super weapon. Right, and. Uh, one, the sister, uh, who's voiced by Alison Brie, is... Now, what else did she do? She did Community, and she's done oh. a couple of different things. She was Annie in Community. Oh, okay. Um, but she's gung-ho. She is about as Sith as Sith gets, and she's all about her destiny. Uh, her brother, not so much. And that's he's actually voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, which I didn't realize <laughs> at the time. But and what else he, has Neil Patrick uh, Harris been in? Uh, well, you know, How I Met Your Mother, among other things. Right. But Neil Patrick Harris, Doogie Hauser, and he's been lots right. of things. Harold and Kumar. Just to refresh our memory, Kenny. Just Neil Patrick Harris is great. He is. Uh, but he voices the other twin, and this twin decides he does not want to follow his destiny. And what ensues is a battle between brother and sister. What do you think of the twins? So this, I think think was my least favorite really and see that surprises me because when i was watching this i thought this would be for you and my son i thought this would be one of your favorites and he had the same reaction oh really he's like i don't like this that's funny well see you're i think you're thinking like this is very anime Mm -hmm. it's probably the most anime of these it's very much like you know they're Screaming their conflicting views at each other. Lightsabers are bending and twisting. Right, all these crazy abilities. And, it's just, yeah. you know, screaming to get more powerful, Dragon Ball Z style yeah. sort of thing. And I think 
both your son and I are kind of past the point of that's cool okay. when it comes to watching So that's more anime. the anime generation before you. Well, not that necessarily. That would be in their 20s It now. would just be more appealing to younger mm-hmm. people, I think. Mm-hmm. And whenever you come into uh, sort of anime for the first time, that is the kind of stuff that probably brings you into it because that's what you see a lot of. Because mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z is one of the most popular anime of all time. It's notorious for doing that kind of stuff, right? Um, but I'm, um, you know, just we kind of move past that. Okay. And then, so for me, it almost feels like this isn't mature enough for me. Mm. It's not, you know, it's not up to like the kind of stuff that hits me anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel a little too old for this, and you know, maybe that's elitist of me. But <laughs> <laughs> that's just how it feels. You're not old enough to be elitist yet. No, <laughs> is there an age limit to that? There is. You'll get really. That. What is you'll it? Get, I don't know, but you'll get. Oh, that. okay. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, this was one where following Tatooine Rhapsody, I thought this was a good follow for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't jar me or bother me like the the episode one into two transition did. Because uh, I think um, the art style was more similar yes and it was a little more surface level yes if you know what i mean like you don't have to think as much yeah this one was also i think the most star warsy as far as yeah, how many elements themes. it borrowed the themes the balance the the conflict the brother and sister then, the diet the dyad the... i don't know if you saw this but i saw an instagram post mm-hmm. it just straight up like took pieces from the new trilogy yeah like yeah. um What's her name? Am walking mm-hmm. up with all the troopers behind her and the two that's taken from, I think the last Jedi. Yeah. Um, and then both of them grabbing at the crystal, mm-hmm. obviously the last Jedi again with Kylo and yeah, Ray and going it, for the it, lightsaber. It very much has a, what if uh, Ray and Kylo were brother, sister, Ooh. you know, and, and it, it feels like it's, it's almost like one of the Marvel. What if episodes almost. where it's just, it's just kind of playing with those and themes. It even, it it's like an alternate place. episode two or three or episode eight or nine. Right. Yeah. Right. I, right. I I think I was much more favorable to this, although it it was not anywhere near my favorites. This is one I sort of shrugged and like that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I I recognize that if that's your style, this thing is incredibly mm-hmm. animated. Absolutely. And it's it's fun to watch. It's um you know it's it's certainly not a style that's for everybody, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching. I always love animation where it plays with physics and reality where just things bend because you need them to bend. (laughs) Uh, Not because it could just cause, and you know, you see elements of this in, in anime all the time, even attack on Titan. Uh, you know, they have established sizes of the Titans. Oh, but then if (laughs) they need, yeah, if they need a Titan to seem bigger than it is, they just make it bigger. Yeah. And it's, it's much more about the feeling that the animation provides rather than, you know being accurate to scale and, and things like that yeah. and so i this, it's this was but it's not so important that it matters that it's misleading yeah. this it was fine to me it was mm. it was harmless it was fun to watch would i go back and watch it again probably not now this is i didn't watch all of them a second time mm-hmm. to you know get the analytical stuff in but this one i really wanted to give a second chance because mm-hmm. i knew in theory this is something that because i i made the connection this is like the straightforward like old classic star wars good versus evil sort of thing and that would be in theory what i would like but i didn't like it for some reason so i decided to try it again and on the second rewatch you know i had the analytical mind and i could think a little bit more and I definitely got a lot more appreciation for what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And definitely its art style. I could pay attention to that a little bit more. Yeah. I like the way 
that it uses colors. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it almost masterfully uses colors. Like where it lacks in dialogue, and that's the biggest issue I have. The dialogue between the two is just a l little way too on the nose yeah. for me. I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. Uh, it makes up for in the visuals of it so much. It really plays with that red and blue, which oh started God, in yeah. Empire. They really, when when they're in the the chamber in Cloud City and they're having that lightsaber duel, it really plays with that clash of red and blue and the silhouettes and and that those two glowing colors. Oh, yeah. And that's something they pick up again in the prequels uh, in the, the Dooku fight in episode two. And it's something they really play with in episode eight, uh, The Last Jedi, when when Rey and uh, Kylo are facing kind of the, the guards and Snoke and everything. It's just... Uh, and and that that really tapped into that nostalgia for me that that blue and red oh yeah uh just just flash of not just these two opposing forces but visually it's represented in something as simple as color i mean there was pretty much there was pretty much no other colors no i mean it was I red mean, and grays. blue yeah grays and blacks yeah. and whites and stuff like that yeah. but i mean even down to whenever he has the crystal mm -hmm. and he's walking out the hallway is blue because yeah. he's going towards the light. Yeah. But then the door opens, the stormtroopers are there. It's red. Yeah. It's just, it's so simple. Yeah. But it, the fact that it has more, you know, uh, sort of poetry to it, it adds poetry to it, mm. that just makes it me you know, appreciate it more. But like I said, the dialogue, it's just way too much on the nose for me and it's really yeah. distracting. Yeah. It's it is. Really it's, distracting. it's a little too kids' book uh, <laughs> and, and simplistic and. You say, I mean, it's perfect on the nose. That's that's the perfect description for it. It mm -hmm. just it unlike the first episode, the duel, where it's it's showing instead of telling. This one is like at yeah. eleven on showing yeah. and at eleven on telling. Yeah, I didn't even think of uh, you in know those in it, terms. It's 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 so busy. It's so clearly showing you what's going on with color and everything like that. Why did they need to then slap it in the face by stating it as well? Right. It's like. Oh, you know, that's not true. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. You can make your own destiny. Yeah. And, no, and to that's not it for me. To Allison Brie and Neil Patrick Harris's credit, it's probably they're in there and they're just having fun. Yeah. And the director's probably like, more anime. <laughs> and they're like, okay. I wonder, is this like their first time voice acting? No, it's not their first time voice acting. But Neil Patrick Perry, was, was he Spider-Ham? Am I thinking no, of the right person? No. That was... um. Oh, I can't remember his name. John Mulaney. Yeah, yeah, the uh, comedian. No, that wasn't Neil Patrick Harris. But they've they've done voice work before. I think, especially in the the DC animated movies and things. Oh, I think they've okay. popped up. I, something tells me Neil Patrick Harris did Riddler, or there was something he did. Okay, but anyway, it's they're they're not new to it. So yeah, for me, it was you know, it was take it or leave it. But it it grew on me a little. Uh, the fourth episode is called The Village Bride, and this is by Cinema Citrus. And this uh, this episode trying to think of the best way to explain it it's really just about a jedi that is no longer a jedi who survived kind of the purge and is now facing whether they want to reveal who they are and it really centers around this very japanese there's this wedding ceremony and it really comes down to honor are you going to continue to hide what you were even when you're faced with injustice or are you going to step up and and do what's right even though it puts you at risk and this this was a very that's not a theme in star wars that gets talked about a lot but no. it's it's very present in all the movies and all of the animation this idea of what's justice and what's injustice mm -hmm. and that's 
pretty much uh, always been the conflict between the Sith and the Jedi. They have different versions of justice. Right. And this really seemed to be putting that on trial and putting it to a test and saying, like, okay, is being a Jedi just about being in the Order or is being a Jedi about something that's that's deeper in you? And, and that's really the conflict that, that the main character is having. Do you even need to be a Jedi? Right. Yeah. Do you have to be a Jedi to use your powers for good? Right. Do you have to subscribe to everything that they believe and their tedious rules and all that? And that's this. This one felt like the most it's very Ahsoka and it felt like the most mature of the episodes as far as Mm. themes go, because it really felt like it. It focused on this one theme and really, really just marinated in it and spent time with it. The duel is, you know, it's obviously mature compared to twins and like Mm -hmm. Toby Lapinocho, but it only feels more mature. Yeah. When you think about it, there's no real themes that are explored in that and challenged and tested. And I think the reason why this one feels so mature is just because, you know, maturity, you kind of get to a point where you start to question everything you've been told. Yeah. And that's exactly what she's just, you know, she's growing up. Well, and and that's where Clint and I, um, we grew up in very conservative religious households. And that's why this one really struck me because mm. uh, it seems to be dealing with with this kind of universal idea of you have been taught something your entire life and, and something's been expected of you. And now you're at a place where you have to decide how much of that is actually you and what you believe or how much of it is what you've just been instilled with. And you could really feel that tug of war. And that was so familiar to me because at so many points in my life, I've had to kind of figure out do I continue to think the way my parents thought or do I go in a different direction? And I mean, realistically for most people, it's, it's a mixture. You, you retain some things, Mm -hmm. you adapt some other things, you get rid of some other things, whatever works for you. Yeah. But, but that, that really resonated and it, it seemed like the story was very simple, but the characterization and the animation of the expressions in the face, uh, particularly the protagonist, it really allowed them to kind of explore that inner conflict. And I, I also want to mention this art style. Mm-hmm. It was much more minimalist. Yes. And I like that. Yeah. Because it felt a lot more grounded yeah. than what we've been served so far. Yeah. Okay. Even though it still had laser swords and blasters and things blowing up. Sure. But yeah. it just, it, it had, because it had a deeper, you know, question, it just felt more grounded and more real. And and this was another one. This this is the stretch episode two, three, and four where I felt like that trio they really put in a good order because it it gets hyper crazy and stylized up to the twins and then it sort of stops and takes a breath with the bride mm. and it's still stylized in a different way. It's still cartoony like the two before it, but now it's moving into some of these more serious themes that are going to then you know kind of set the stage for the episodes that follow this and i really liked how how this episode it almost feels like the center point i know it's not because there's nine episodes right it almost feels like a a central a central episode it's episode four right it's four five would be the center no 4.5 would be the center wouldn't it well because it's no so five you would have four before four after right okay five would be the the center and five is the ninth jedi which i don't think is a coincidence (laughs) but we'll get to that here in a second so i i'm glad you picked up on what you did about 
her mm-hmm. and her themes and her conflicts mm-hmm. because I didn't really mm. like I knew what you're talking about once you said it, but I didn't really think about it as it was there. I kind of paid more attention to this culture that she was exploring mm-hmm. um, and the exploration of the conflict between fighting and not fighting. And passivism versus activism, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's definitely there. And then, of, uh, and then of course, I, l- I love this new culture that they created mm-hmm. for this episode yeah. and the whole thing about them because they're, they're all kind of Force-sensitive. Yeah. And I do wonder if, you know, midichlorian kind of side if it's just <laughs> we a, don't talk about midichlorians here strongly like as a species mm-hmm. they're strongly force connected or it's just that they're such a peaceful culture that they're able to get in touch with the ideals of the light side and that connects yeah. them to the force which would make sense because it's that it really has that heavy it, it really deals with the connection to nature yeah and the immersion yeah. in nature and that's a theme from the original trilogy too really? where it's that idea of you know, when Obi-Wan is first describing to Luke what the Force is, and especially when Yoda mm. starts unpacking what the Force is, it's the Force binds us and it ties us together. It's in all things. It's it's very much this, they present it as this very natural, it, it has a will, but not in, it in the sense. It is the universe. It is. It's, it's the fabric that, that holds everything together, uh, which is a very Buddhist concept, but it's it's something where, uh, this this seemed to really grab hold of. And that was one of the reasons I liked that this entire series was handed off to Japanese studios instead of American right. studios. Because American culture is a very Christian-based culture, mm-hmm. and its animation, if you ever notice, is very Christian-theme-based. Whereas anime and Japanese oh. animation is not it's it's a very different approach to things like life death balance yeah uh it's honestly it's much more fitting of the star wars name yes well and that's george lucas was not making a, you know a, a christian allegory or christian fable. <laughs> that's for he sure. was making a, a buddhist allegory that was based on uh these samurai films it was based on westerns and westerns have a very uh you know good versus evil almost kind of an Eastern philosophy to them as well. Mm -hmm. And so everything Star Wars was based on and everything the Force is is a very Eastern concept. It's not Western at all. It's very uh, yin and yang. Yes. You know? Yes. And I think that is something that all these episodes do great. And and I think they don't have to try because, again, the people creating them are already in that. They've already known that their whole life. That's their life. It is their culture. Yes. So it's their mindset. And so it's the perfect marriage. I I would like to see an alternate version similar to uh, Love, Death, and Robots or or some things that was more international. Would that have changed it? I I know it would have, but how significantly Mm. would it have changed the the perception and the approach to the Star Wars universe? Oh, okay. Um, Okay. I see where you're coming from. So, you know, maybe um, Germany does something a little more empire based yeah. not to you know yeah well and that's when you look at animation worldwide you can see those themes right because um, it's just it's something that's just been a part of their lives yeah. it's something that's just like it's 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 not close to home it is home it is it's and it's who they are and so it comes out in everything that they deal with in animation. they can't help but to put it into mm-hmm. what they love yeah so uh, again the bride is one uh revisit it and and that's one that i just I think I watched it probably three times. Really? And I was just, I was fascinated with it. Hmm. Um, That's why you had to pick up so much about her. Yeah. And it, it, it unpacks because my first time through this whole series, it was very superficial. Yeah, honestly, yeah. it was very animation style and, and character and theme. Uh, it was, it was the rewatches that really 
really oh. started to make me realize this is a much smarter series. Even even something like Tatooine Rhapsody or The Twins, you were already picking up on things about The Twins with color and duality. I, I think there's a lot more going on in this series than people who just rush through it once because mm. they want to see Star Wars. Right. I, I think there's a lot more here than than what it might get credit for. And that brings us to the ninth Jedi. This is the fifth episode. And this is uh this was close to my favorite episode. This was my number mm-hmm. two. This was this was very, very, very close. This one has a better story, uh, a richer universe yeah. and, a, and a richer cast of characters that it sets up than I think the duel. But the duel just, is much more simplistic. I mean, I honestly feel like you can't really compare them in terms of like what's yeah. better or worse because yeah. they're just so completely different in uh how they go about yeah. i mean everything yeah. uh their character work even their art and the duel and then the ninth jedi are the only two shorts in this whole collection that i i was like i want to watch an entire series right. that follows this first episode i would watch a series called the ninth jedi not the that this is just the beginning um, no, the because elder feels very, we'll I know get to it's, that, but it feels okay. very contained. Yeah, I know And it's not mean. that I'm not interested in those characters beyond yeah, that yeah. story, but I feel like it, it dealt with everything it had to deal with. I, I know what you mean. You know, the, the ninth Jedi, it gives you a, honestly a really good cast of characters and it's got, even in 15, 20 minutes, it's got the twist of the entire series. Oh my gosh. Uh, and I don't want to really talk about we'll it because I don't want to mess with people, but as, as soon as you realize at the beginning, this great concept that uh, the lightsabers that they're designing in this lightsabers have been gone for a long time in this story and the lightsabers that they have, there's only nine of them and they pick up on your force sensitivity. Right. And so the your lightsaber blade the changes color based on who you are, Yep. which is such a great narrative device. This if this would have been the opening 15 minutes of episode seven oh my and God. this had been the new trilogy, this would have been incredible as a trilogy of films. Where would have, what do you think it would have gone from there though? I have no idea, but okay. I would have been fully on board because this is the kind of stuff that would have been my hook. This is the kind of stuff I felt like. So episode seven, eight, nine of the movies, they, they were very intentionally trying to let's, let's bring something new to the force, force dyads and force healing and all of this. I don't know that that was successful. This is much more interesting. Right, okay. So I this see what you is mean something there. that that takes and because it sets it so far in the future of of what we know and because it plays with these familiar themes but it twists them to a place of yeah, but what if your lightsaber mm-hmm. revealed exactly what to you what were. if? Yeah. Even even to the point that it, you know, one character has the their orange. lightsaber change colors. Um, oh yeah. You know, towards the end. And I, I think that's growing really as a person. Exactly. And so, and how do you hide who you are as a person when your weapon reveals it's, it, who yeah, you are? It's a great visual yeah. metaphor yeah. and storytelling device, yeah. like you said. And um, I, I could just see, you said, what would the movies do? I don't know about story, but just imagine characters just with that device. You have a character whose blade is constantly flicking red and he's trying to hide the fact you know what i mean that that he's slipping towards the dark side and so he's struggling with this you know who am i and and this thing that i carry that i need for defense or to fight reveals what's going on in my heart and then imagine a lightsaber battle 
where you have good and evil clashing. Imagine Return of the Jedi with this concept. Oh, where, Kenny. Uh-huh, where as the Emperor is tempting Luke, you see the green Ooh. fading to red. Or you That's see, so good. It's, it's a color. It's sort of like you said with the twins. It's this color representation of what's going on in the mind and, and then, heart of the character. Oh and then at the end, after he overcomes evil, it goes white. It's Purity. The, and the, the stuff that you could do, if George Lucas had come up with this oh one idea, God. it would have, I mean, I already love the original trilogy, but it would have made those movies tense oh my God. and wildly incredible. To see Luke's lightsaber be so pure green all of Return of the Jedi and only at the end, especially when Vader brings up his sister and he comes roaring out of there, to see his lightsaber as he comes change. up go deep red. And then it has to fade back to green as he chooses not to kill his father Mm -hmm. after beating him. And then it's not just, you know, oh, when you turn to the Sith, when you turn to the dark side, you're stuck. Uh, Imagine Anakin's journey with a a bladed lightsaber like that. If Anakin, like the female protagonist in this episode, didn't have a collar. And that's why the, the Jedi Order didn't. It just, I, I'm probably way overthinking it, but it's such a simple concept that completely in Can my make everything mind better. revolutionizes all of Star Wars. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't think you're giving it too much credit. I I don't I I think I think they they definitely know what they're doing because mm-hmm. they play with this. Um that's just oh my god. Oh, give it to it. Love that. Love it. The character designs everything about this. The story's really good. The characters are really good. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely one that's made better by its twists and the concept of its lightsabers, but it it works on every level and once again every little detail adds yeah. up in this and you yeah. you really got to think about that because i mean even the jedi hunters well, are those a thing already yes really because i i don't remember seeing them anywhere yeah okay well they've, even they've those, played with that in the comics that could have been anyone and, and different it could have been things. a platoon of stormtroopers uh, yeah. you know but it was specifically jedi hunters right so that adds up to the fact that you think it's going to be jedi yeah and then it's not. Yeah. And then that twist. Yeah. So this this is possibly again, I enjoyed the duel more in as as a short in this collection of nine shorts. Right. Uh but this one is is probably uh, objectively the best of the bunch because mm-hmm. it plants seeds that they could run with for years. Uh you could really mine this short for an entire universe of stories. And it would be with just that one concept. It would be incredible. With just that one concept. Yep. It would it would overnight make Star Wars matter again. Oh in a God. way it hasn't mattered since, you know, seventy seven, uh back oh. when it really first came out. Um, that's a that's a bold claim. I, I just You might get some angry comments. I don't think so. I I really don't because that when when you really think about it in terms of movie making, think about the new trilogy as it was presented with Kylo and Ray. If you have two characters at the center that, again, their lightsaber is revealing what's going on. Um, and, and it's so great because it's a show, yeah, not a tell. It's very sneakily a show because yeah. it's kind of a tell. Yeah. But the way that it is, it's a very simple show. Yeah. So everyone can pick up and connect on it, but nobody feels like... You know, it's they're being taken out of the story. It's yeah. a part of the universe. Yeah. And so you just accept it as that it doesn't feel out of place at all. Yeah. And just to, just take any lightsaber scene and reimagine it with this idea. So when Snoke gets killed in episode eight, The Last Jedi, oh my God. 
imagine so he's holding Ray's lightsaber which has been blue the whole movie or whatever you do with it right but when Kylo uses it to kill him it's pure red but as it flies across the room the minute it hits her hand it goes this weird purple because it's this Ooh. mix of blue and red because of what's going on in her and then as she fights uh, you know it stays that way maybe both of their blades go purple and then afterwards when they've killed the guards now they're having this conversation and she's watching his blade slowly shake back to red and that's why she's crying and her blade's slowly going back to blue and she's like don't do this imagine the chills and the power you're giving me chills right now i know i'm getting chills just talking about this it would be incredible it would be this visual element that i would have that literally i've never seen something like that in a movie uh where where you have a visual representation of what's happening in a character's mind one of the big problems when you go from a book to a movie is in a book you can read the character's thoughts and you know exactly what they're feeling but in a movie you're so reliant on the performance it's 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 much harder to really measure what's going on so do you think if more movies that are books to movie if they incorporated it uh this sort of like um you know, a visual representation of whatever's going on in their head. Do you think if they incorporate something that they added to it, it's not in the book originally, Mm -hmm. do you think they would improve? Sometimes, probably most times, no. Because I think it would, there's something to the mystery of what's really driving a character. I mean, that's the center of all of our twists, all of our plot movements, all of our uh, hero villain stories. Uh, you wouldn't be able to easily cloak what's going on with somebody. That's that's the only detriment I can think of is once that lightsaber goes on, you're not able to hide what your intentions are so cool. or, or so what cool. you're doing, you know? Um, so and I, anyway, didn't even, I, just, I didn't even think about all that because I was just thinking about the twist. Yeah. You know, it's building up this whole time and it even uses a red herring. Yeah. It points as him like, oh, he looks pretty intimidating. He could be a bad guy. He could really be a Sith trying to kill them all. And yep. they just all keep in the act. Yep. And then that one moment you expect this great inspiring moment, all these Jedi yep. coming back to, you know, restart the Jedi order and they all start their lightsabers. What a and gut punch. Seven of nine. Are what a red. gut punch. And and just the, the way that can, it, the, the way the camera turns yep. is so perfect, Kenny. Yep. yep, I know, I know. I love this episode, <sighs> and probably I suspect the more I think about it, and the more I watch this series, I bet this one edges past the duel. Oh yeah, um, probably. I I still think the duel, hands down, as an animated short, is right. the best of this right, collection. Right, right. Period. But, but this is Star Wars. The duel doesn't plant the amount of of story and i don't want to spend as much time in the world of the duel like even now as i'm talking about it i want to go spend a whole lot of time in the world of even though you want to spend time in the world of the duel well yeah i want to spend time i would love to see a video uh, if i had to pick as far as what's going to keep me engaged and and really engage me intellectually and emotionally and it's oh, yeah. the world of the ninth jedi yeah i, I think know, it's more sustainable the duel would be a very good um Mandalorian like mm-hmm. it's just this yeah. dude going around yeah. doing his thing hunting yeah. these and you know maybe he he deals with some of his inner conflicts of previously being a Sith or you know what it means to be killing his own people although he seems pretty resolved to it so that yeah. probably wouldn't be a thing but yeah I, I definitely see what you mean with this being just you need more of it yeah I need yeah. more give me more. and I was yeah. honestly I was thinking that after a lot of these episodes surprising yeah. me like I want more of this both star wars visions and this particular concept yeah. even yeah 
Well, and that brings us to episode six. Six is also a divisive episode online, uh, which I'm surprised by. It's it's called Toby or, or T-O-B-1. Right. Uh, it's about this little android that uh, is very Mega Man and very he does Dr. Look like Light. Mega Man. Yeah, and it's it's essentially just he has a creator that's, that's created him and, and basically plants this idea of you could be a Jedi and you just need to find a kyber crystal and make a lightsaber and uh yeah it's this this is quintessentially astro boy or mega man or yeah. it's the idea yeah. that it was in your heart all along you know you can you can it's adorable it, it's it is it's a very pinocchio i want to be a yes, real boy it is i didn't even and uh i i actually for as divisive as this one this one is online i kind of love this one i thought mm. it was very sweet uh it's not it's not my top half of the series um, mm, definitely not. But it just it was it was sweet to me, and it mm. was it was kind of a nice palate cleanser after yeah. the heaviness of uh, something the very Jedi. Um, something it's something nice that you're used to, yeah, but in a different way. Yeah. So it still feels fresh, and you're still yeah. engaged, but you feel comfortable. And I I felt like this one did a better job with a really stylized animation more than the twins. Mm. Um, I don't know about that. No, I thought. I mean, it was fine until they started showing stuff from the actual Star Wars universe. Mm. Like, it was fine for Toby and mm -hmm. the dad and the planet and all the droids there. I see what you're saying. Once they showed TIE Fighters and this Darth Vader figure, then it, it, it kind of just felt too much like this is like Teen Titans Go. Interesting. I, I actually agree with you. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um... But as just this little standalone episode, I did like it. Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't feel anything incredible from it, but it had its little, it had its little story beats, and it was satisfying to watch. This is one of the only shorts that, as I rewatched it, I got nothing new. I felt mm. like I got everything the first time, and uh, the second and third time, it was still good. But the other ones, I was discovering these layers and and thinking about themes and what it was really about. Not this one. This one was just a very simple story. Pretty straightforward, yeah. Pretty straightforward, yeah. And that's and probably where it falls short. I really. think so. I if think, it had a little more, do you think it would be in your top uh, five? Maybe. Possibly. This this one felt like more of a, a style over substance, uh, which, oh, yeah, which okay. does the story injustice. The story is still good, but it, it doesn't really... It, it basically hinges on a sweet twist at the end. Or a plot reveal, and mm -hmm. and that gets you I'm through that boy. first time. Yeah, I'm a real boy, but beyond that, do I want to watch a, a Toby series? No. Uh, you know, maybe it'd be I, good on Disney Plus. Is like you know for kids. Oh yeah, like um, for sure. What was the one for with sure. like all the female yeah. characters? What was yeah. that? Uh, I can't remember, but I know which you one. You know, I'm yeah, about. it would yeah. be like that. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, uh, that's literally, I think, what says the most about it is that's all I have to say. Okay. Like these other <laughs> ones, we've really, you know, gone to great lengths to talk yeah. about. And this one, I just, I don't have a lot. It was a simple story. It was done well. It was cool. It was sweet. It was well animated. But there's nothing like, you know, this was just something really cool about yeah. this. I, I will mean, say it doesn't have a lot of exposition. It doesn't have a lot of people explaining everything right. to you. Which, you There know. isn't a lot to explain, really. No. And then no. I did, I, you know. I feel like I'm not giving enough credit to the twist of the crystals in his heart. I didn't see that coming. I don't know if you did. It I probably did not. Was. Oh, okay. I did not. And, you know, that was that was that was good for what it was. Yeah, I thought. Um, I actually thought it was strange the whole time. Like, why is he telling this android to find a crystal? An android can't be force sensitive. But then the yeah. revelation that oh, I I made you with this thing. That was 
that kind of sealed it for me where, okay, this is, this is a well-made and well-written short. Yeah. It just doesn't have the depth of the, the other ones. It's just it's cute. cute. It's and cute. then it's a good time. Why? Now I'm going to guess why it's divisive. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. Is it because it's for sensitive Android and because it's too much like a little kid show? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the, the ones who enjoyed it pointed out uh, how much it pulls from classic anime like Astro Boy and, mm -hmm. and Speed Racer and, and that era of anime. And that's a very specific anime audience. Mm -hmm. That is not it's the new very anime niche. audience. And it, I mean, aside from the Jedi versus Sith thing at the end, it doesn't really pull a lot from Star Wars. I mean, droids, but it's... It's it's a story about like this old dude trying to recreate a planet, yeah, and then this you know android just trying to become a Jedi. Yeah, there's not a lot of classic Star Wars in there. No, and no. so I think that probably sort of you know knocked it off for some people because they were coming expecting a lot of you know. I, Star I do Wars not think service. it helped it that it comes right after Ninth Jedi. No, and again <laughs> we, we keep alluding to episode order because we're definitely going to talk about that. Oh, that yeah. is. My my criticism of this series is they have really misordered the episodes and putting something like this after the ninth Jedi does a disservice to it because you go from one of the most deep and thematically interesting reinventions mm. of Star Wars to one that is not. And, and it so, felt empty because of that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And so it again, it's good. But not that it was empty. I'm just saying like in your mind, you, you are comparing each episode yeah. to the last. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you can't can, you can't, can't compare those two. You can't help it. Yeah, they're not releasing one a week. No, it's you're watching them as a as a binge. That's something we should talk about too. Okay, we'll get to that. The seventh episode is called "The Elder." This was another one of my favorites. This was from Studio Trigger, and this another is Trigger. about uh, a a Jedi and his Padawan who are out on a mission. This is after the Sith have been kind of expunged from the the universe, mm -hmm. somewhere in between the the High Jedi, or excuse me, the the right. High Republic. Uh, era and the <laughs> old republic era there you go there we go and uh and he just has a force force sensitive moment where he feels something there's a disturbance in the force and uh they go to this planet and they encounter this i don't even know if it's fair to call it a sith they don't even know if it's a sith it's yeah. this ancient dark side user and it's this this is one of the most kind of uh similar to the duel this is a very classic Japanese story mm -hmm. of the master versus the older master as the the young uh, apprentice watches. What'd you think of this one? So this was in my top three. Okay. It was originally it was like my second, mm -hmm. but after that conversation that we had with the Nunchuck, it's kind of my third now. Mm -hmm. So we just have the same. Well, it's just, third, it'll but, continue to bother. You know, um, <clears throat> I really like this one. Mm -hmm. Like I, I liked it a lot. And the reason why it was originally higher than the Ninth Jedi for me was because it gave me a lot of what I love mm -hmm. because I grew up with the prequels. Yeah. And so what is the prequels? It's this master and apprentice going and doing these missions and then, you know, encountering these remnants of the Sith. And that's exactly what this is. Yeah. And even down to like, you know, you, you don't really notice it, which is good, but the master is the patient wise one mm -hmm. and the apprentice is the impulsive adventurous yep. one which which really it gives again that that conflict between which has always been there there's always that between yoda and luke between qui-gon and obi-wan yeah. between yeah, yeah, yeah. obi-wan and anakin it always seems like one is a little more 
at ease with themselves and the other is much more like let's get to it let's get to yeah. it and you know that almost makes me wonder if the reason why anakin and obi-wan weren't like a good master student pairing was because they were both kind of like you know the anxious let's yep. let's go get them yep. even as obi-wan slows down and kind of settles into his age he's still the i'm just gonna hop down and pop my lightsaber open yeah he really is he just goes and he just, you know, let me I'll just get. I'll make this up as I go along. I'll yeah. figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right I got to fight him sometime. If I'm going to die, why wait? Yeah. Let's, just, let's do this. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah. Obi-Wan and Anakin are actually too similar for their own good. Yeah. Um, Anakin needed a direct Yoda. He needed Qui-Gon. Or, uh, I think he needed Qui-Gon. Yeah. See, that's interesting. We don't get a lot of Qui-Gon, but it constantly alludes to the fact that Qui-Gon is a rule breaker. So I don't know if Qui-Gon would have been but, good for Anakin. But that but I think he was a rule breaker in the right way. That's true. Because I think Obi-Wan was too much with the rules and that set him divided with Anakin. Mm. That made him feel more at odds. Anakin felt more and more betrayed by that. Mm. If he had someone like, like Qui-Gon, he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, they're stupid. You're you're totally right, they're stupid." Like, I, I can't disagree with you. And he would have felt more understood. Maybe he wouldn't have gone to the dark side. Maybe. But anyway, back to the Elder. Right. <laughs> this is uh, way off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it really, this is the one short that, that really uh, explains its theme. But it does it in a really good way. And it does it at the end. When when the, the master explains, I didn't beat him, time beat him. And this is part of the cycle of life. And this is part of the balance. Oh, right. And you're you're getting stronger. I'm at my mm. peak. He was getting weaker. And then that adds depth. Maybe yes. the reason why the Padawan is more impulsive is just because it, it, it I mean, it is youthful. Yeah. It symbolizes youthful, but it is youthful. Yeah. He is just the next generation and it just wants to show that. And they just want to get there. They're tired of waiting. Yeah, you yeah, know, they're, exactly. They're tired of sitting around and letting the adults run. But then as you things. get older, it's like, well, I don't really have much time left. I'm going to take my time and just... Slow yep. down. I'm, I'm, Not that I'm, I would I'm that. right in that. If if there is such a thing as a peak for me, I'm in that peak age where I'm just like, I'm really liking life right now. Hey, I good don't, for you. I don't feel old. I, I also, when I was younger, you know, I had ambitions and, and all these things I had to do. Now there are things I want to do, but I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Uh, you know, watching people your age just like, I got to figure out my life. Like, you'll, you'll get there, kid. It's I don't feel like I'll get there. Well. I didn't feel like I would get there. Kenny, either. I gotta, I gotta go fight the Sith. I know. I that's, gotta go stab him. That's too. that's what I really thought they killed the Padawan. Uh, oh, me too. This. I I, I was really he surprised. Was dead. That was a lightsaber through his chest, dude. Yeah. Well, I, I think mean, it's like across the stomach, uh, yeah. which I guess it cauterizes at the same time. Uh, but but a lightsaber, it just goes know. through. If it touches, I, I mean, you'd have to have a lot of self control to not kill him. Yeah. And his intent was to kill him. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if I kill you, then your master will come running yeah, along. But, and, and, and my brain, I needed a line there where they explained it. But my brain just said, oh, okay, he's being more cruel. He's toying okay. with the master by basically incapacitating and hurting the student. Um, but that, that brings me to my final thought. As cool lightsaber moments go, this is possibly one of the best in the series. Just for this moment where his lightsaber is stuck in the lightning. And he moves his head slowly aside when the elder is distracted and he disengages the lightsaber, which frees him from the lightning. And then he just puts the hilt down at the guy's chest and reignites. So that cool. is it was it was one of the coolest and smoothest lightsaber technique moves 
Uh, and I just, whoever and, came up with that, bravo. Well, see, and he had such like uh, finesse. Yes. The way he just calmly and carefully pointed yep. it perfectly. Like, yep. And I love that uh, they didn't animate it quickly. They really add a beat there where he brings it down, holds it to his chest. The elder even looks at it and then he turns it on. And it just and like, oh, yes. It was, that was one of those of the best moments. choreography. Yeah. Um, Kenny, they did that in The Last Jedi. What'd they do in The Last Jedi? They did that. You mean the drop and then the mm-hmm. reignite? Yeah. yeah, but not because it was stuck. They, they, that it was, was stuck, just a, though. Was it? It was stuck on the, the sort of light whip that he had. And so she disignited it and then dropped it below and stabbed him. Oh. But they did it better. They did it better. And yes. I think that's where they got the idea from that. And maybe they, maybe they stood in their mind, we could do that better. Yeah. We could one up that. Maybe. I don't know. It was, it was, it was really good. Yeah, um, but yeah. Way. This this was one of my favorites as well. It's it's also not super deep, and it states its theme. But mm. I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. And and like you said, I wouldn't mind spending more time with these characters. I don't have to. Like the ninth Jedi left me like I have to know more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. about these people in this this universe. It just really it just really hits it for me because I grew up in the era of uh, Revenge of the Sith and then the Clone Wars. Yeah series like it's it really it almost feels like an episode of the clone wars doesn't it yeah really does this could have easily been obi-wan and and anakin it wouldn't have even had to been because Mm -hmm. the clone wars itself was very anthology Mm -hmm. you had a lot of episodes where there was no obi-wan or anakin sometimes not even clones oh it could have been what's his name squiddy face with the bane mask um (laughs) squiddy (laughs) face with the bane mask Uh, (laughs) no that's his official name we'll go with that it's plo koon plo (laughs) koon Face, face with the yeah. with the bane mask um, oh my gosh that's that's podcasting professionalism right there is it it is okay yeah is. I, no i hear a lot of that on like um other podcasts okay. so, yeah. uh Maybe episode eight of star wars visions is called lapanocho this was another divisive one really and Why it is it? really it's about, it's about a uh a father who has a biological daughter and has an adopted daughter and the adopted daughter is very clearly adopted completely different species uh, but tell. these daughters have grown up and they're growing up under empire rule. And one daughter decides that she is going to join the empire and the other daughter is not about that. And they, they come to blows over it. Uh, this one I, I loved, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this. And I'm pretty sure the reason it's so divisive is because the adopted sister is a rabbit like alien. Really? And people really hate that rabbit design. <laughs> they say it does not feel Star Wars. Now, it's actually a deep uh, cut. Okay. It's a very deep cut because Marvel Comics back in the 70s and 80s, when they were releasing Star Wars comics, they came up with a character that is a green rabbit in a red spacesuit. You have to go and look at pictures of this thing. I can't remember its name. Maybe it was Jax or something. Anyway, it's, it's very clearly, a, it looks like Bugs Bunny painted green in a, a red astronaut suit okay. without a helmet and uh and occasionally wears like han solo clothes i believe but anyway mm-hmm. um george lucas so hated this character <laughs> so hated this character that he contractually changed things with anybody going forward marvel included that they could not do a new species design without his uh, strict approval Oh. And, and built that oh. in because he so hated this character. So the fact that, and I don't know if this was in their mind, but the fact that this character is that species, I don't know how to take that, but I kind of love it. And it feels very rebellious. I remember seeing in the trailer 
Did you 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 do you watch the extras, right? Yes. Yeah. I didn't watch those. Okay. Unfortunately, because I didn't see them until like later, later whenever I w- went to rewatch mm-hmm. and I didn't have time then. Um but I'm going to watch them. Um I remember seeing in the trailer though, they talked about how they were just trying to come up with an original design. Yeah. You know, yeah. what was it? Something that was like hopeful or mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what it was exactly. Something that was more innocent and and okay. grab it. Okay. Makes sense in in Japanese culture. I can't believe we have Wookies. We have Ewoks. We I have know. we have Gungans, but a, just just a big rabbit is what really. And it's a well designed. I mean, she looks great. the The animation in this is another one where this is one of the best animation styles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, technically, this is this is a beautiful short. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just from uh, the smoothness of the an- animation to the fluidity of the fights to the character design to the world. Uh, this was one that was stylized, but really, when it brought in those Star Wars elements, still looked great. Oh me. yeah, no, I, I definitely agree, and I I think it had one of the better stories. Yeah, I, I think thought... this is trying to do the same thing the twins is doing thematically. Oh This yeah, one did it yeah. way better. Yes, this is this is sibling versus sibling on two sides of a conflict. Uh, this one just felt there's like more depth the to the characters too, yep. because yep. it's not just. We were born into evil, so of course we think this, and I'm just yeah. casually rebellious for some reason. Yeah. It's they both care about their planet and their family, but one cares about a little bit more than the other, and they're a little misled. And I yeah. did feel like the one sister went a little too far dark for yeah. it to feel natural. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It And there's a seven-year time jump there, and I think just something that would have explained that severity mm-hmm over that seven years or, or something that, that just gave you a little more insight into that, that, that her, her extreme turn didn't bother me as much as not having more of a, a catalyst for okay. it. Um, yeah, that's, and, and if, if their father, uh, had died or been killed for some reason, instead of continuing to be a character in the back half or, or there was some sort of tragedy that really locked her allegiance to the empire, where they she has no reason to be. Way. Yeah, she has no reason to stay home, or she has no reason to whatever it is, or or maybe she thinks her sister, her adopted sister, was responsible for the death of her father. Mm. Just something that really would have split them a little more dramatically. And then you wouldn't have to worry about the skip. Later. You yeah. know, like then it's just like, oh well, it makes sense now because yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the the characters are better developed. And also the theme you had said about the twins being so on the nose. And this mm. one is not on the nose. None of the dialogue um, points to the yeah. theme and says, hey, this is yeah. the issue. I mean, it's it's obvious it's about the family, yeah. right? But even that was interesting because it's it's interesting that the biological daughter is the one that turns. And yeah. the adopted daughter does not. Which, which makes sense because the adopted daughter wouldn't take the father for granted. Right. The biological kid would. Uh, it's almost a prodigal son story where, you know, the the kid that goes off and squanders things has, mm. has a better understanding. It's like a Thor and Loki sort of thing. Yes. Except, yeah. you know. Has a better understanding of, like, the father than the kid who's been loyal the whole time. Because for them, they're just like, where's mine? Mm. And they have a much more uh, kind of rebel streak to them. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And then the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. The whole story of the Jedi teaching yeah. them and then it being passed down. That is so cool. And it's yeah. so very Japanese. Very. And very. that's a great way to tie in Star Wars and Japanese once again. Yeah. Which, I, like I said, it, I, I think that's 
sort of the crux of the series. It's being able to blend the Japanese anime and the Star Wars Western stuff all together. Well, and that's the lightsaber. It's primary, possibly only inspiration were the samurai films and the the katana. Mm -hmm. And this, more than any other Star Wars, this, this series, I think really taps into that idea of the lightsaber as the samurai sword. Or as the ninja sword, or yeah. as the like, this the is the ceremonial blade. Yes, the ceremonial blade. There's ritual to it. There's something in the family. There's, there's meaning. Yeah, they've they've played with that in Clone Wars and things, but it's always yeah. about building a lightsaber. It's not about the deeper meaning of a lightsaber and, and what that means to a Jedi. Because as much as that is Japanese mm-hmm. anime, it's actually Star Wars too. Yeah, yeah. The very first trilogy we have. Yep. Passed down from the father. Yep. Here's your father's lightsaber. And the way he looks at it with such awe. And it's this moment for Obi-Wan. And it's the thing that later on uh, he's going to fight his father with an empire Mm -hmm. and then lose and then have to make his own. Like that theme through the original trilogy is actually really powerful. It's not stated, but it's, it's about a kid having to let go of what was passed to him and, and make his own way and decide who he's going to be. It's, it's one of the smaller themes, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And I, I've never picked up on that even. Oh, man, there's so much in Star Wars when you pay and attention. Then, and then he mm. even takes from uh, one of his old mentors, too. You know, it's yep. it's about keeping what you care about, but still then he goes green, yep. becoming more of yourself. And now, yep. I, not only am I gaining more appreciation for these episodes, you're getting more appreciation Thank for the you. OT. That's, that's what I'm here for. That's <sighs> what I'm here for. Uh, the final episode is Akakiri. And Akakiri is actually a remake of the original inspiration for Star Wars. Um, oh. oh uh, which is a, a Japanese Kurosawa movie called Hidden Fortress. Okay. And this is, in, in a lot of ways, characters and plot points are very similar to Hidden Fortress. Really? And um, to describe this story, it, it really, the plot does not seem to matter so much to this short. This short is about Uh, somebody coming to terms with destiny and whether they're going to Mm -hmm. follow what has been stated to them as their destiny or they're going to forge their own path. And it brings, brings in this very dark and depressing story of, of again, Jedi versus Sith. It, it again, it it almost presents the Luke moment with the emperor, except it goes the other direction instead of Luke deciding that, that he's going to stand for and be a Jedi this is this is a character that just goes the Anakin route and says, exactly. you know what, Anakin, I'm I'm done fighting my destiny. It, it it literally hurts my head. I'm tired of it. I'm gonna I'm just gonna go Sith. But it's easier. You can't even. What reason did he have to reject it? All he cared about was you know saving her. Yeah. What other conviction did they have? Yeah. There was no reason why he wouldn't go to the dark side. Yeah. yeah. This, and it was almost set up from the beginning because if you look at it from a standpoint of destiny mm-hmm. and such he's already abandoned the jedi order just by going yep. back because it's for his love yep. and so if you look at it from that it's already foreshadowed from the beginning yep and and this this is actually my least favorite episode mm-hmm. i will say okay uh it it um it has bumped up a little bit i haven't kind of redone my order since i posted it on instagram okay but it's it's bumped up some as i rewatched it but this was really a downer of a last episode mm. for me well, yeah, um, yeah. The animation style, this is probably my least favorite of all nine. Yeah. yeah. I did not enjoy well, it. Um, it's quality favorite. for the style it is. There are mm-hmm. animes that are this exact style. 
you know, whereas the twins is very kill a kill. This this has <laughs> a, a very specific style to it that's familiar. I don't like the character designs in that style. I've seen it before. Uh, it's it's just not something I enjoy. I think the worst thing about the style um, for me was her hair. Yeah, the lady's hair. Like what what's going on there? Yeah. I don't know. What's, what's going on with that hair? I, I just, I had me. a lot of issues with this. Some people are putting this as their, the, the absolute best episode. Really? Yes. Um, wow. and, and I get it from the, the theme so standpoint divisive. in the store. Oh, it's very divisive. Um, I, I get what people see as the quality. I, I mm-hmm. see that it's quality. It's mm-hmm. very well done. What it sets out to do, it does extremely well. I just hate it. I don't like what it sets <laughs> you out to do. just hate it. Yeah. That's a strong I, word. It man. is. I, I don't like what it's setting out to do. I don't like its message. I don't like its concept. I don't oh, like oh, how oh, it unfolds and plays oh. with its themes. I don't know if I can get behind that. But all of it, all that being said, if this came at episode, I don't know, seven, five. Yeah. And yep. Ninth Jedi was at the yeah. end. I would have liked this more. As a, as a... And and I can't get past that. I know it's stupid and biased, but this was the very last. But this is episode. how they did it. The the order of the episode is part of the experience. I and I don't understand that. And it makes me wonder if okay, is that a Western thing? Did they just do a poor job with the episodes, or because there's a oh, producer putting okay. these things together? Is it a very Eastern? Let's end this on a dark note because what we've Ooh. been dealing with is the idea of destiny versus choice. And we're going to end on the cautionary tale of what happens if you just go with destiny. You may get exactly what you want. She's alive. But at what cost? Right. It comes at the cost of your soul. And so it, it's, a, it's a very Eastern, let's look at, at the very end, let's look at the worst of what could happen. And that's what we're going to leave you reflecting on Ooh. for everything that came before. It. I get it. I hate it. I get it. No, yeah. But I hate it. Yes, because I'm very, I'm very Western sensibility in that sense. Yeah, I need my my climactic kind of upswing at the end. Yeah, I'm, I'm very generic <laughs> fan in that way. Ugh, that's not cinema. No, that's not cinema, I, Ken. I know, and and I like dark, but it's <laughs> it's got to be a certain kind of. I dark. do too. But the thing is, dark wasn't threaded throughout this whole series. No, it this was pretty much the only episode that got that dark. This is this is the only episode where the dark side wins. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah, yeah. Every other episode every <laughs> episode every other episode before this the dark side at, at best mm-hmm. ends in a stalemate. It might have been better either as an opener or a breather. Yeah. If and, you think and that's of why in the center as a breather because then you would have been able to reflect on what came before and what came after but now you're getting something much more Star Wars. And at the end of the day, that's why this is, in my mind, the least successful Star Wars short. Okay. Because Star Wars is always about hope. It's always right. about that upswing. At the core, it's yeah. always about, even though things get really dark, there's always something that comes after where the force balances itself. Even if by the off chance. Yes. And this ends things unbalanced. So, Which is very ironic for a Star Wars series. It ends things <laughs> dark side. It it says in the he end, walks toward the red dark side, you know, and it, it it just that felt the least Star Wars of anything in the whole series, and to have it as the very last note, it's sort of like having an amazing meal, and then you love peanut butter pie, and you you go to this restaurant, and you're just like, man, they got peanut butter mm. pie. It's twelve bucks. That must be good peanut butter pie. And so I order it, and then I take a bite of it, and it's just so. 
I guess awesome. you're not a fan of the prequels then. No, I'm really because not. Because you just pretty much I'm described really the prequel, the Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I The prequels I have an easier time with because I know 4, 5, and 6 comes after them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, of the prequels, Episode 3 is my clear favorite. I enjoy Episode 3 as a movie, but only in the context of 4, 5, and 6 coming later. Right. And I and I like the prequels mm-hmm. more than this still because, once again, it's threaded throughout that this guy is falling into darkness yeah. uh, through the episodes. And you, you take that as a whole. With this, you take the whole series as a whole. Yeah. And so it's not threaded throughout the episodes before it so it just doesn't feel like a natural end and once again that's the biggest downfall for it otherwise i rather rather like this just i don't love it but it's in the middle for me yeah i i I, I mean middle but i would switch akakiri and ninth jedi just do a swap there okay and i would just move something uh maybe even lapanocho up to episode two so that you have the duel then you have something yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that starts to go more stylized and cartoony, but still is very, uh, you know, thematically a, mm-hmm. a bit a bit heavier. Then go to something like Tatooine Rhapsody or or Toby or something like that. Almost sliding to cartoony, and then the Bride, and then Akakiri, and then lifting up to the Ninth Jedi. I think that would that have given perfect. it a much more yeah. You know, we've gone down in the valley with the dark side, and now we're going to walk up the hill with. Uh, the Elder so you, and, and uh, Ninth Jedi. You do think it's better than to chunk all the lighter-hearted stuff together yes. rather than scatter it throughout? Uh, yeah, in a way. Um, I think it's it's difficult. Like, you're, you're especially light stuff. You mm-hmm. want kind of in the middle. And then I really, I really do like the Tatooine Rhapsody to... Um, uh, what's the third episode and then into the bride okay. and yeah. i i like that trio because it it keeps a cartoony style or a more anime style but it descends thematically and so you're you're doing two things you've you've got one trajectory that's about your style so visually you're keeping people on pace and on board but then thematically you're also giving people a different trajectory which sort of runs alongside of it that's that's keeping people's brains up with with what you're doing so i i don't know i'd have to actually sit down with like all the episodes on cards and actually (laughs) around to figure out my perfect order but i i really think at the end of the day i would have adored this whole thing and it would have felt much more consistent cohesive just with a different order change but i can't go back and rewatch it the first time yeah and so so yeah this is almost you know this is awesome because there's nine episodes of Star Wars mm-hmm. and there's nine episodes of Star Wars yep. and people just keep talking about the order yeah. of Star Wars. Isn't yeah. that funny? Yeah. So what is your, so you don't have like an exact ordering in your mind? I have my top. My top for this is, is definitely the duel, duel. then the ninth Jedi. Yeah. And those are almost interchangeable. And I bet you the ninth Jedi okay. edges out the duel eventually. Uh, the elder is up there and the bride. The bride, the elder, the oh, thus <laughs> the duel, uh, the ninth Jedi, the elder, oh my and gosh. the bride. Look at that. That's just perfect. Who would have thought? Not me. Yeah. No, no. Not me. And and even you know, Akakiri deserves to be higher than I've put it. It just right. The the reason I've put it so low but, is because this is a collection of nine Star Wars shorts that are functioning as a Star Wars narrative, and that is the least 
Star Warsy way to end. You could have yeah. you could have literally ended with any other episode, and not all of them would have worked well, but they would have worked better as a last episode and than then that one. Also, as its own story, mm-hmm. do you think it would have worked better if it wasn't about a Jedi and a Sith? Rather, it's like the two factions or whatever they are. They have the themes of the Jedi and the Sith, but they're yep. not actually the Jedi. The yeah, Sith. I would have I would have gone with the dark side user that basically is building an army of force users okay. and is going around collecting force sensitive people. And there's this person that has been destined or told or prophesied or having dreams or whatever that he's going to turn and he's fighting against that. Because I think if it was a little less just it's a Jedi and a Sith, yeah. then maybe that turn would have felt just a little better at the end yeah. but then again if it just wasn't at the end yeah you know and this is you know this is just our oh, opinion our oh, yeah. subjective experience love what you love just yeah just go with the kids and you tr- enjoy try to love things you be you yeah yeah try yeah. to i definitely enjoy things and that's honestly that's been my biggest challenge yeah. because i like movies and i like shows and i like fiction and mm-hmm. all that and then once i get to an age of more maturity i come into this whole like culture of criticism mm-hmm. on movies and stuff and i think oh well this is how we're supposed to behave with movies <laughs> and i'm just now getting out yeah. of that and realizing oh wait yeah we're supposed to like this yeah. stuff we're not supposed to try to find every little nitpicky yeah. criticism that we can and that's there's there's two real uh, for all my years of, of doing movie reviews and uh, movie reviews and stuff there's there's really two fields of, of criticism there's the one where it's i don't like this let me pick it apart and tell you why it's bad and then there's another field and and i've really tried to move towards that clint and i really try to fit into that too where it's just like we don't like that here's the subjective reason why but let's talk about nostalgia and feelings and reactions and biases the things that make me the individual not respond to this piece of art rather than saying this piece of art nope it's lesser it's not good because i don't think it's good and i'm an authority you know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, please. Yeah, it, it come from an uh, from a perspective of like this isn't like so instead of this is how I feel mm-hmm. and because I feel this way, you know, it's this way. Yep. This is how I want to feel. Yep, yep. And this is how you should feel. I feel it, so you should feel it too. Which is the <laughs> most American way to do anything. It's <laughs> like you know what? I have an opinion, and so if you don't, you're wrong. Absolutely. Like, that's. You, you realize that's not how opinions work, right? Yeah, it is. And the great things about <laughs> movies is that, that you can sit down and one person can love something. The other person can hate it. You can have a conversation about it and just have a blast and still be friends because mm-hmm. that's the cool thing about any art. You can come to it and eight different people can see eight different things. I know. And that's the cool thing about because something like this. This is This has something for everybody. And am I disappointed that not everyone just blew my mind? I guess, but not really, because at the end of the day, because you still have a mindfulness that you can yep. appreciate them all. And somebody, and that's enough. somebody, there's somebody out there that every one of these shorts, somebody, it's their favorite. Yeah, and that's so cool to me the Someone way that art just works. Loves Toby. Loves Toby. It's just perfect for them. It taps into every just Astro Boy, Mega Man, everything they've ever dreamed, and everything loved. they've ever experienced in their life, yep. and so. Art imitates life, and we all have different lives. So, of course, we see different imitations. Sure, sure. Anthony, 
you're natural. This has been a pleasure. Oh, thank I you. I enjoyed this thank a you lot. For having me. Yeah, a lot. I'm not just saying that because I'm being this. recorded. I'm a huge fan. I know. You could tell somewhere around when we were talking about episode three or four, yeah. you could feel where you just forgot that we were recording Absolutely. and you, you got into your rhythm. I love this. I stopped moments. shaking. I'm not breathing. I am That's breathing. Good. But I'm not <laughs> it's it's very nerve wracking racking at first. It's mm-hmm. you know, it. That's what you did good. I hope no one thinks that I was derivative and insipid. I don't think they will. I okay. don't, I don't Thank foresee God. any of this that conversation was just my biggest fear. I being had, derivative and insensitive. I was really insipid. <laughs> I was really sensitive to yeah. someone would think yeah. I really cared so, so much. Yeah. Uh, Clint, Clint was really <laughs> frustrated by that until we found out it was like this men's rights group right. that's, that's near – just like – two inches shy of being a, a white supremacy group as well. And then we were like, well, if you're going to be hated by somebody, <laughs> being hated by a white supremacist sexist is uh, it's not such a bad gig. Yeah. But it <laughs> but says, no, it did, says something good, good about you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely do this again. This oh, was I fun. Hope so. we'll I love this something so much. Out. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's uh, after this, like after, after your first time, it's so much better. I actually hate, when I see our first episode listens on our first episode going up, because it's just like, uh, no, please, please don't go back and listen to that. Please, <laughs> please, please. They want to see where it all came from. I Is know. Is it really that bad to you? It, oh, it's, it's monstrous to me when oh I go God. back and listen to those. Clint, I don't, Clint can't even go back and listen to the early episodes. We're just, we're so green. We're so new and we have no idea what we're doing and <laughs> we can hear it. So you're kind of just like... Um, Repeating stuff that you've heard before or something. Yeah. yeah. That was after our COVID quarantine break. We were worried getting back together and recording because we were like, what if we're rusty? And as soon as we sat down, it was just like, oh, this this is great. Feels like okay. home. Well, I'm glad to so, hear that. Yeah. Once you, once you learn how to ride the bike, you're good. So, yeah, we'll definitely do this again. I appreciate your anime wisdom and oh. your insights. And you had some good... I, well, like it. I think it's real power too, because you have like all the cinema experience. I don't know what Kurosawa is. Oh, <laughs> you have all the sorry. you have all the cinema experience, yeah. and I have all the anime yeah. experience. I hope so. it doesn't come across as condescending, because I say that oh, stuff, absolutely. and I like Clint I and I say all the time. <laughs> if you love Transformers movies, it just you know you love those movies. If you love Fast and Furious, just right. you enjoy. And people can take that differently. I, you know, just you enjoy. It. It's not mm-hmm. mine, but you you love it. I love Rise of Skywalker, and objectively, it's it's not a great movie. Yeah. But I love it anyway because it had you know Carrie Fisher and it I made me cry. Say that I like it. it. Made me cry. I can't even say that I like it. It made me cry. It made me cry. I didn't cry. It made me cry. I was like, oh, this is something that's happening. All right. Okay. Well, this has been our very special Star Wars Visions episode of Cinebabble. I am, as always, your host, Ken. Uh, Clint will be back next week, and we will definitely find a way to uh, get some more bonus episodes in here with Anthony. I'm excited. And maybe we'll even get to a place where we have uh, Anthony and Clint and myself. Oh, I don't know how we would do that. Clint and I have a hard enough time not interrupting each other as it is. Oh, but me too. It would be fun. <laughs> Um, maybe we just take turns. We have buzzers, maybe. <laughs> buzzers. There's always somebody that switches out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Cinebabble, our bonus Star Wars Visions episode. Thanks, as always, for listening. And uh, like like I said, you can always contact us at cinebabblecast.com or find us on Instagram. That's the two best ways to get a hold of us. Uh, otherwise, get a hold go on Instagram and check out Top 10 Movie Mustaches. He posts way too much. It's, I do post way too much. I'm not sure you're pacing your fans enough. 
No, and, and I figured that out better with the top ten stuff, because right. now I'm only doing two or three a day instead of, like, nine. But I put up a request list, and all these people put movies they wanted to see, so I'm trying to <laughs> keep up with it, and it was just, hey, I like this The content better. is making itself. It is. It is. It's content. <laughs> all right. Thanks, as always, for listening. Anthony, thank you for, for podcasting with me. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.